All right, welcome to Nats Weekly. I'm your host, D-Mac. Got an exciting show today for all you Nats fans out there. I know it's coming out a day late. Day late because we had a big fantasy football draft yesterday. Yes, I did draft a winning team, so no concerns there. Exciting show. We're going to talk Carter Keyboom, what he needs to do the rest of this year, what extending Mike Rizzo really means, and we're going to talk about all the best moves that Mike Rizzo has made. So go ahead, sit back, and enjoy the show. All right, we're going to talk about the week that was. We're going to talk about Carter Keyboom coming back. And we're going to talk about what the future really is for the Nationals the rest of this year. But before we get into that, we're going to start off with the big news of the week. That being the Nats finally, finally extended Mike Rizzo. Expected? Yes, 100%. Needed? Yes. You know, what he's done for this team, the trades, the moves he's made, the expectations of winning that he's brought to this franchise. He signed a three-year extension, guaranteed for the next three years. Definitely was something that was expected. You, you, as a GM, when you compare him to who we've had in the past, you really like the moves he's made. He makes decisions with his head, not with his heart, and he's really run a Class A organization. You look at teams like the Mets, where they've had trouble with their GMs and their GM relationships with other players, and the Nats haven't had that. The Nats have had positive relationships with their GM. They've had positive experiences with their players. You know, you don't see see free agents come out and say, oh man, I would never want to play for that franchise. They have so much going wrong with it. That's not what you see. You see players who say, okay, hey, that team's trying to win. I wouldn't mind being a part of that. I wouldn't mind giving that a shot. Now, let, me, let me go to D.C. and see how, how things are being run. And like I said, Mike Rizzo's done a Class A job. Just definitely, definitely well-deserved, definitely expected. But let's go ahead and get into the recap. What happened? What the hell happened? Give me the recap. All right, we're going to give you that recap. Bad week. Bad week. That's all I can really say. I mean, you know, this was the chance to kind of get back in the race a little bit. And no, I think we solidified our spot. Ended up going 2-6, and six, including uh, losing seven games in a row. Can, you know, after the Boston, including the Boston series last week, got swept by the Phillies, which you hate to see because for some reason, you know, we have this, this I don't want to call it hate, but dislike for Bryce Harper and the Phillies. But they swept us, including two shutouts, you know, getting shut out 6-0 one game, 3-0 the second game. That's not what you want to see from our offense. Finally ended up ending the streak against the Braves with a win Friday night in the nightcap of the doubleheader. Backed it up with a win again on Saturday. But in the end, you know, we're, we're not. We're just not very good this year. We don't have the horses right now. Losing Strasburg has been huge. Our lineup is, is missing power bats. But we still have 21 games left. We still got a third of the year left. Now, a third of the year to go out and make a playoff spot? No, not likely. More likely, it's a third of the year to go out and figure out who we are and who we're going to be next year. We've pretty much determined our starting five next year shouldn't include Austin Voth. Shouldn't include Eric Fetty. But that doesn't mean that they're not included on this team. They could definitely have a role on this team. 
but it shouldn't be the fifth starter. It might be sixth starter, seventh starter, spot starter, or it could be long reliever. You know, we we got 21 games to figure that out. We can take, you know, what I'd like to see David Martinez do. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to see him try an opener with those guys. Try an opener with Fetty. See how he reacts. Try an opener with Austin Voth. You know, bring Javi Guerra in, pitch the first inning. See what those other guys can do behind him. Bring Kyle Finnegan in, pitch the first inning. Wander Suero, one of those guys. You know, not Tanner Rainey, not Daniel Hudson, not Sean Doolittle, not Will Harris. But one of those other guys. Bring them in, let them pitch the first inning. And let's see what we got behind them. You know, because maybe Austin Voth, maybe Eric, you know, Eric Fetty, he has came in and he's pitched well. He's shown he's capable of pitching well. But I don't know if, if you're expecting him to be a, a six-inning guy, I, I don't know if he can do that for us. I don't know if that's that's really what's in the future for, for the franchise. You know, obviously next year the plan is to have Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin as your one, two, three. But that still leaves four and five open. You know, in my opinion, Joe Ross is the perfect number five. Which means we got to find a number four somewhere. I don't think it's going to come within, at least not not next year. Does that mean we trade? Does that mean we sign someone? Yeah, maybe. You know, we don't have to sign a, a superstar. We can go out and get, you know, a number four, a solid number four guy. But we got we got 21 games to kind of see who we are. See see if Fetty, see if Austin Vogt, see if they're part of this team. Some of these bullpen guys, see if they're really le- legit guys who can help us out. I don't know if they are. Also got to let the young guys hit. They already said Carter Keeboom's playing every day. Let him play. You know, he, he's had moments this year where you said, man, that's a quality at-bat. If he can keep doing that, then we can get better. But he's also had at-bats where he's looked clueless. Just completely lost. Let's figure it out, though. 21 games. Give him 21 starts. Give him 75 at-bats. Let's see who he really is. I mean, as long as he's healthy. If he's healthy, give him, give him every day. If he's sore, if he's got pulled muscles, no, don't force him to play through that. Same thing with Luis Garcia. He might he might be the starting second baseman next year. He should be, probably. But let's make sure. Let's see him 21 more games at second base. See if he's really ready. I mean, obviously, he's shown things that you like, and, and you want to root for the guy because he's young and talented. But there's no guarantee that he's really the guy. We need to make sure we see that for the next 21 games. You know, when you look forward to next year, you look at next year's team, there are a lot of holes in it. There are. There's a lot of question marks. And most of them are probably going to be filled in the free agent market. But it's not going to be, I doubt, I should say, I doubt it's going to be guys like JT Realmuto, George Springer. Like, I, I don't see Rizzo going out and spending on power bats. I've said it all along. We pay for pitching. We pay for pitching. You know, yeah, it's sad watching Anthony Rendon hit bombs for the Angels, come up with clutch hit after clutch hit. I would I would love to see Rendon in that. I would have loved to see Anthony Rendon in a Nationals uniform for the rest of his career. I would have loved to see it. Too late now, though. We've moved on. He's moved on. Just something we're not going to see. So we got to find a way to, to replace... Or to get these runs, to get this offensive production, whether through free agency, whether through trades. I don't know if we really have guys in the minors that are ready to step up and contribute, you know, besides Luis Garcia. 
I think we need a plan for the last 21 days in seeing who do we have that can be productive. You know, we know what we have in Howie Kendrick. He's a professional hitter. He hits the ball well. Gives you quality at-bats. Clutch quality at-bats. But if I remember right, he is signed through next year. And next year, he's going to be the same thing he was this year. And last year, same thing. He can't play every day. He can play five out of seven seven games in a week. Maybe even four. But in those four or five games, he's going to give you some, some good at-bats. That's how he can drink. We know that. Nothing, nothing he does this year is going to change our opinion of him. By all means, in no way am I saying, hey, let's go out and send out our worst lineup. No, I'm not saying do that. You know, Eric Thames, he's not going to be part of the Nationals. I'd be very surprised if he's part of the Nationals next year. That does not mean you sit him on the bench for the next 21 games. Let him get his. Let him get his. He's not playing every day, but let him get his at-bats. Same thing with Asdrubal Cabrera. Had a great career. It's it's getting close toward it's getting towards the end for him, and and am I someone to tell him that he should hang it up? No, absolutely not. He still hits the ball well. He still has shown that he can field extremely well this year. A very versatile player, and may, maybe we do resign him because he does have that versatility that we really like. But we got 21 games to figure out what we want to do with these guys. 21 games. Don't sit there and say, "Hey, we'll figure out in the off season." Figure it out over these next 21 games. And if we put together a win streak, great. Maybe we get a little more excitement. But don't sit there and say, hey, you know, we, we have we have less than 2% chance of making the playoffs. Less than 2% chance. We're 11 games under 500. Let the kids play. The biggest thing this offseason, the biggest thing the Nationals have to do, sign Davey Martinez. Go ahead and get his extension. Mike Rizzo loves him. He led us to a World Series. No reason for him not to be not to be extended. We'll go ahead and take care of that, seeing that we've had very little, very little continuity among our management. You know, we we may have been one of the better teams in the decade, but we did it with different managers every year. I'm not saying good managers, but we've done it with different managers. From Davey Johnson to to Matt Williams, Dusty Baker, now Davey Martinez. Like, we need to get some continuity in our management. Go ahead and sign him, extend him, make that one of the moves you, you do this either this offseason or before the season's over. Get him his contract. All right, with that said, we're going to get into our, our, probably our best segment of the day, most exciting. All right, with Rizzo getting the extension, we're going to go ahead and look at look at some of the moves that Rizzo has made. We're going to go ahead and rate the best five trades that he's made. The best five trades that Mike Rizzo has made as the Nationals general manager. We're going to count them down. Now, I'm going to tell you, not everything's been perfect. You know, you look at some of the names that he's traded, that he's given up. We've given up some good players over time. Where you look at it now and you say, oh man, if that guy was was part of the Nationals. Okay, obviously the biggest one, Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito, if, if he developed like he did and, and was still part of the Nationals now, oh my gosh, that would be great. Not only that, Robbie Ray, Dane Dunning made his Major League debut this year and didn't look half bad. Jesus Lazardo with the A's has looked like he's going to be pretty good. So the Nats, Rizzo without a doubt has given up some, some prospects that have ended up developing and turning into good Major League players. 
But all in all, looking at all the trades he's made, he's made some good trades over time. And like I said, we're going to go ahead and rank them. We're going to go 5-1. to one, And then at the end, we're going to talk about some that kind of re- should receive, receive some mention, some honorable mention. All right, so up first, number five. The number five ranked trade that Mike Rizzo has done for the Nationals happened a decade ago in the 2010 season. And I'm going to tell you why this one ranks number five. Okay, the Nationals traded shortstop Christian Guzman and received Tanner Roark and Ryan Tatusco, which never really developed. Tanner Roark obviously did develop and become a solid pitcher for the Nationals. But the reason I rank this one in the top five is really because of what we gave up. We gave up Christian Guzman, who at the time had been a decent hitter, always hit somewhere around 300. He played a total, total of 15 games for the rest of his career. He was a 32-year-old shortstop. We already had his replacement and Ian Desmond playing. So we were able to trade a washed-up, 32-year-old, light-hitting shortstop for a guy who ended up who is still starting a decade later. Now, he's not starting for the Nationals. Okay, Obviously, Tanner Roark right now is starting for the Blue Jays. But he ended up being a solid number four, number five for the starter for the Nationals for, for multiple years. Now, did we know it at the time that that's what he was going to become? No. But he ended up pitching... Six years for the Nationals. Six years. Starting. Well, one one of the years I think was in relief. I forgot about that year. But he had years of 15 and 10. 16 and 10. 13 and 11. ERA of under 3. ERA of... He had two years where he had an ERA of under 3. Almost 200 innings in both of those years. Like if you told me, hey, we'll give up a 32-year-old shortstop who's only going to play 15 more games in his career... To get a pitcher who's going to do that, that ends up being a great trade. That's not even mentioning, not even mentioning that we flipped Tanner Roark for Tanner Rainey, which I think is going to be a stellar relief pitcher. So trade number five, getting Tanner Roark for Christian Guzman. Trade number four. Trade number four happened in the 2012 offseason, right before the 2013 season happened. The Nationals gave up right-handed pitcher Alex Meyer, and received center fielder Denard Spann. Denard Spann ended up being professional hitter for the Nats. Played from 2013 for three. He was ended up being on the Nationals for three years. But in those three years, really helped change the culture of the Nationals. You know, he hit around 300 in two of the three years. And the other year, he hit 280. Wasn't a huge pop guy, but let off. Played great defense for us. Definitely filled in a spot that that in center field that we'd really been missing and really had trouble filling for years and years and years. So trade number four was getting Denard Span from the Twins for right-handed pitcher Alex Meyer. That brings us to number three. And number three is obviously one of the fan favorites. One of the very first trades that Mike Rizzo made, we traded outfielder Ryan Langerhans. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember his name. And in return, we received some player by the name of Mike Morse. Michael Morse. Now, Michael Morse played for the Nationals, ended up playing four years for the Nationals, had some great seasons, but really, really has been a fan favorite. Enjoyed watching him play, enjoyed watching him grow. He obviously, you know, hit the, you know, one of the most 
seen home runs ever whenever he had to hit the phantom home run where he had to, you know, there was question about whether it was gone or not. It was ruled a double. They reviewed it. They came back, said he had to go back to home plate, swung out a fake pitch, and then they ended up running the bases. But, you know, Mike Morris had a great big league career. We didn't give up much to get him. For the Nationals, he ended up playing in four different seasons and contributed, not only contributed, but he became a, like I said, a fan favorite. The way the way he played the game, the way he interacted with the fans, great trade by Mike Rizzo to get Michael Morse, and that was trade number three. That brings us to trade number two. All right, and again, a lot of these happened early, but not all of them. Trade number two. Now, I'm going to tell you, we gave up a lot to get this guy, but it was well worth it. The Nationals gave up A.J. Cole, Brad Peacock, Derek Norris, and Tommy Malone. So all four guys who ended up seeing time in the major leagues traded those four to receive a young Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez ended up pitching for the Nationals from 2012 all the way to 2018 before he was traded to Milwaukee in that time. In that time, he ended up winning 86 games, including a 21-1 season his first year with the Nationals. ERA consistently under 4. 2012's ERA was 2.89. 2013, 3.36. 2017, 2.96. I mean, the guy ended up pitching, pitching well for the Nationals and really was part of the turnaround, was part of the reason that the Nationals were able to go out and start winning NLE's championships. Pitched consistently. Didn't really wasn't really injured very often. You know, you you saw him in those seven years. The lowest number of starts he had was 27. He started 32 games in year in and year out, which is what you want from a starting pitcher. 32 games year in year out, and that brings us to Mike Rizzo's number one trade, which I think nobody's going to disagree with me on this one. You may disagree with me on the other four, but nobody's going to disagree with Mike Rizzo's the best trade he's ever made. The Nationals sent Steven Souza Jr. and left-handed pitcher Travis Ott to the Rays in a three-play, three-team deal in which they were able to receive Trey Turner and Joe Ross. Without a doubt, the best trade Mike Rizzo's ever made. Steven Souza Jr. was a was a young, talented outfielder at the time. Ended up playing for the Rays. You know, played well. Moved on to Arizona. But as of now, I think he was DFA'd recently. Like, that that's how far he's come. Where the Nationals have got a solid pitcher in Joe Ross and a starting shortstop, hopefully, hopefully, for the next 10 years. Trey Turner was, was a young, young prospect at the time, but everyone seemed to know that he was going to be a good big league shortstop. So again, Mike Rizzo's number one trade, the Nationals received Trey Turner and Joe Ross for Steven Souza Jr. and Travis Ott. I may be wrong. You may not like my rankings. Tell me. Call in. 305-809-6287. Call into the show. Leave a message. Tell me what your rankings are. Those are, the, those are in my opinion, the five best trades that Mike Rizzo has made. Now, there are other trades that I do want to mention. Okay, that have, have should have received some some at least a conversation. First of all, last year, 
the trade for Daniel Hudson. I don't know if we win a World Series title without Daniel Hudson. Trading for him, he, he was a he wasn't a flashy name. He wasn't a big name. And we didn't give up much to get him, but the trade to get, you know, we gave up Kyle Johnston, which who knows what he's going to become. I, I wouldn't think that he's going to be anything other than what he is now, which is, you know, a 22-year-old minor leaguer playing who, who, whose highest level is, is A-ball. Never really dominated any level. So the trade for Daniel Hudson's high up on the list. Another trade that has, has to be mentioned, which probably, in my opinion, should have been on the top five. It was, it was a tough one for me. But the Nationals acquired Howie Kendrick and Cash from the Phillies for McKenzie Mills. Again, a huge part of the Nats' success past couple years. That has to be mentioned. Has to be mentioned in there. One of the one of the good to great trades that 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 Mike Rizzo made. Also that same season in seventeen, you know our bullpen was a mess, like it has been in my opinion for the last ten years. But trading for Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen, what we got was great. What we gave up kind of scares me a little bit. You know, obviously Blake Trinan had a, had a great you know year in Oakland a couple years ago, and it has become a solid relief pitcher. I would have liked that to happen in, in D.C. But Hazel Lazardo, I mean, he, he could be something special. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by what he's done in Oakland so far. I'm interested to see what, what he's going to become. Obviously, again, I, I would do the trade again a million times. You know, because Doolittle played a big part in us getting the championship here. Not only this year, but he solidified our bull, bullpen years ago. But that at least has to be mentioned. And then the last trade that I... I have to mention, have to mention, because, not necessarily because the effect he had on the team, but more so what he did when when we traded for him. And that's going to be, that would have been in 2015, we traded away Nick Pavetta and received the DC Strangler, Jonathan Papelbon. The only reason that I would even look at this trade and think of it as, think of it as a success because we traded for him when he went out and choked Bryce Harper. Like what kind of, like that, that made the season exciting. And now obviously years later with Harper gone, the DC Strangler got to be mentioned. Definitely not in the top five as far as production. Definitely one, definitely top five in story wise. So that's it for our show this week. Thanks for listening. Help out with the show any way you can subscribe. Listen however you, you know, download however you listen to podcasts. You can always call into the show at 305-809-6287. That's 305-809-NATS. Follow us on Twitter at Nats Weekly. Or you can email to the show at natsweekly at gmail.com. Other than that, just remember, going 1-0 is about more than just baseball. Go Nationals!